0: Welcome to the Millerville Community Church podcast of our Sunday morning sermon series where the Word of God is always the focus of our hearts and prayers. MCC is a non-denominational country-style church, just a short 20-minute drive from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. This live recording is made possible by the generous donation and support of our subscribers. If you have questions, suggestions, and feedback, you would like to share with us, please use our email service at infomillavillechurch.org. And now, here is a message from Sunday morning at MCC. And It's so good to be in the house of God with God's people to worship this day. I'm Pastor John, and we have new people here getting to know us, and uh, we are so glad that you're here as well. as so Those are joining us on the internet and watching in and getting to know about mcc and about jesus christ i greet you in the name of jesus christ he is our lord and our savior and our mighty god who uh, makes all the difference in our lives and we are here to learn about that you might also have heard as you mentioned today that there is an election coming up are you aware of that you're not aware of that well monday you need to vote and uh Sandra and I have registered and uh, are ready to vote for a long time. We have been voting in Canada, we've been in the United States, and now we get to vote. Apparently there are many groups out there and they're uh, asking you to uh, choose them to vote for and they're all claiming a high moral ground and uh, being uh, more moral than the other guy and all warned that if we don't for vote for them, there will be a disaster if you don't vote for them. One way or the other, every party is saying that. All right, and they'll say our environment, our ecosystem will collapse in 10 years, and you will all die. Or they'll say our economy will collapse under the weight of our debt and spending, and then we'll all die. Or we give uh, breaks to the rich, and the rest of us will all die. Or the health care system will collapse, and we will all die. Tough choice for your election this year, right? No matter what you do, you'll all die. I wouldn't fault you for feeling a little depressed, this election, with that kind of messaging. And, and you watch all the craziness that is going on, and obvious lies that are being told, yet they all have a very basic truth in all the warnings that the politicians are giving us. And the very basic truth that is in there is whatever you choose, however you vote this coming Monday, whatever you build on from here on, it will be attested by extreme circumstances whether that was the right choice or not. The second great truth that they all get right is this. You're going to die. (laughs) It's guaranteed. One day, we will all. Beyond this, there's a whole lot of debate. And here is the challenge. Post a public forum out there on the internet. Declare that you're a Christian and what you're deciding to do. And then get ready for the firestorm because you did that. Because you'll be controversial just because you openly declared yourself to be a Christian. And that has informed your decision making. You may lose friends. You may become estranged from your own family because they disagree with you. And maybe that is what why many of us are quiet at this time of year. And don't really want to talk about religion or politics. Especially not together and not around the Thanksgiving table or anything else. A big part of the problem we have here in Canada in making a public Christian witness before others, whether it's online or just having coffee at Tim's, is that when we make a public testimony for Christ, there is such confusion, do you find this, about what a Christian is and what the Bible teaches and about what Jesus Christ revealed about Father God to us. We're so confused by that. And there are a lot of people who claim to be Christian, but their thinking and their actions are so flawed. This confusion about what a Christian is, is the very darkness in our country. And it is uh, getting in our way. It's meant to keep you silent, the country blind. And it is clouds our understanding of the gospel of jesus christ and him as our lord and king the goal in our life is not to have a brief filled life that's filled with temporary happiness which is what a lot of people are pursuing today they pursue it through drugs and alcohol and delusional thinking and what we really want what every human being ever really wants is something solid, something you can build on, something that's going to last and not just be a temporary experience. We want a life that is full and rich, and we want meaning in our lives. We want to be loved and to love and for it to last. We want this life to last and to withstand all the tests that ever could come at it because this world throws all kinds of trials at us and difficulties, and we need to know that that kind of meaningful life can stand up and it'd be a good life, not just today and tomorrow, but forever. We want a life that is meaningful and powerful, that can be found, that even survives death itself, because apparently we're all going to die. But I'm gonna tell you that only way you're gonna find that kind of life is not through your vote on Monday. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything else is an illusion. Everything else is crumbling before your eyes. And anything that's not built on him will not deliver the life you're looking for. There is an urgent need. And if we're going to start building such a life to become more than we have been, we need to begin now. We must remove temporary things from our life and begin to build on things that last. We call that eternal things. They're not temporary things. And the building materials of our lives have to be solid and real and lasting. The Bible describes this as moving from people of the flesh and when being coming spiritual people. And it says you do that through being born again through Jesus Christ. And this is where we're going to pick it up in 1 Corinthians. We've been spending time there, and we will for some time as we journey through this. We're up to chapter 3 about building this new life in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I, brethren, Paul says, could not speak to you as a spiritual man, but as to men of the flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now, You are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since this, there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? May the Lord give us understanding of his word. I'm going to start with the lowest common denominator, like Paul is. When you teach a class and you have a large gathering of people, you have to begin at the basics and work your way up because you want to make sure everyone is kept up and going with us. So if you are already spiritual and know how to walk on water, I apologize to you as I go back to basics. But the rest of us might need to hear this very basic teaching in our life. And we're going to begin with what Paul describes as the flesh. You ever hear that word before? The flesh. And it's a very well-developed idea within the Bible, going back to the Old Testament throughout the New Testament. If you have a body today and you can pinch it and say, ow, you have flesh, right? And uh, that flesh is an important part of your being. How much money do you spend on maintaining this? I'm currently involved in a diet with my wife. Got on the scales today. Lost a few more pounds. I was very excited. I spend a lot of time worrying about the flesh. Sandra and I just uh, have come through a journey of battling cancer with Sandra and victory over that. That was all about the flesh. That was going to cost us an awful lot of money, and we are so appreciative that God did that. We were very worried about it. Every morning I get up, I worry about my flesh because i got to get my cup of coffee, Right? My flesh shakes, gotta have my coffee, do something like that. By the end of this sermon, you're gonna be worried about where your next meal is coming from and you'll stop listening to spiritual things because your stomach will go, and say, let's move on beyond spiritual things and take care of me. When the Bible refers to the flesh, it's referring to all of that. It says, uh, and we all share that, we all have that in common. No matter who you are, you share the same problems of the flesh. And when I gather on a Sunday or any time with a group of believers, I often hear this favorite conversation of how your body has betrayed you this week. It's made you sick, it made you hurt, made you blind, made you silly, it did all kinds of things. And we battle with it. We all share in this weakness we carry around in our bodies. We all complain about our bodies because we realize every morning that we are not super people, iron people we get up and we realize we're weak and as you get older and you get up in the upper years you realize the body is not going to get much stronger than what it is in fact you have to work really hard to keep it healthy and and yet it wants to betray us all the time this is what the bible calls all flesh we all share in this mortal existence in us and we're struggling with every day but it's not just our bodies it's Our focus on it and the demands on it and how it runs our life. And a lot of our prayers are, Lord, take care of my body. I can't deal with it anymore. Would you do something about it? And I've prayed many prayers about it. The flesh is weak and then it dies. Our bodies don't last forever. Is this a temporary thing? Would you accept that? Would you say that's a reality? It's a temporary thing. You can't build something internal based on what this body wants because it wants everything and then in the end it just fails. There are also a place where we battle many issues, not just physical, but mental and moral issues. And when we take our physical existence together as a group, we are all flesh and humanity at that same weak point. We all start out as people who build our lives on this flesh we feel it, we watch it grow, we pamper it, we, we discipline our bodies at the gym and we consider how we feel, how we look, and what we desire. We react physically to sights and sounds and make judgments about our bodies, whether we like or dislike the experience we have based on what our bodies tell us. The way of living costs us a lot of money. It costs us a lot of time. In the extreme cases, it manifests in addictions, and mental illness. And this is a plain fact for everyone and very difficult to deny anywhere. Wouldn't you like to build your life on something other than your flesh? Right? It's such a temporary thing. And yet we spend so much time trying to build something on it. There is another way. Another way to build that is not Fleshly, And that's where Paul begins. You can do more than what your body is willing to give you. If you would turn away from the body and look to Jesus Christ, you could find out what it is to be spiritual rather than fleshly. You can build a life of the Holy Spirit in you, which is eternal and never fails. And you can experience an internal life that just moves smoothly on into the next life, You'll never die, you'll never grow weak, and you'll never be led astray. You will know the truth, and it will set you free from the weakness of this flesh. Now, I want you to warn you that the spiritual around you, don't assume that you have built your life on the Spirit of God as a spiritual person, because no one starts there. Did you know that? You have to come to it. We all begin with the flesh. We all begin with diapers and baby food. We all begin there. But we want to move towards becoming spiritual. You can only do this through a divine intervention of God. And we call it the new birth, being born again, being saved from your sins, and becoming a real Christian through the new birth, and then your struggle really begins once you're saved. And I, there are many preachers who have told you, and I may have said it in the past, if you come become a Christian, give your life to Christ, all your problems will be solved and you'll end up being happy for the rest of your life. But I'm, I'm going to tell you the real truth. If you would become a Christian and confess your sins and receive Jesus Christ in your life, that's when the battle really starts, right? Amen? I see nods. But now you're building on something solid, something real, something that's going to last forever and make a huge difference in your life. You will know the truth, and it will set you free. When you are saved and become a real Christian, everything begins to change in your life. Those who are born again have a new nature in the Holy Spirit. When that Holy Spirit moves into your spirit, you begin to build the eternal truth of faith, hope, and love of God within you. And The understanding of what that experience is through the body is shaped by the commitment to those great principles revealed in Jesus Christ and the character he places within you to know the love of God, to know the faith and the hope of God in your life. It's not your love and your faith and your hope. It is discovering God's very character within your character. The Christians struggle with this new spiritual nature and their old body-based nature is this vulnerability to sin. Are here it almost every Sunday when we gather to worship God. Can you believe that? To hear from the Bible and God's written Holy Word. Beth and I trade off on Sundays and in which we share from God's Word and what God is revealing through the Word of God. We do the same work. We share from the same Bible. And our message is the same message. The Holy Spirit speaks through both of us. And for the same purpose of building up the saints and the knowledge of God. A spiritual person will rejoice when they hear the word of God declared. And it wouldn't matter if it was Beth or me or you or someone standing up giving their testimony. It wouldn't matter if it was a six-year-old standing up here declaring the word of God. A spiritual person will rejoice at eternal truth no matter who delivers it. It could be Balaam's donkey up here speaking, and we would rejoice at God's word. Amen? That's what a spiritual person is. In Corinth, this terrible church, they were fleshly. And so Paul begins to address them in that way. He says, I cannot speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, he says, even now you're not able yet to receive it. For you are still fleshly. They're Christians, they're saved, they're born again, they've received the Holy Spirit, they know Jesus Christ and love him, but they're still fleshly. They aren't building into the spiritual realm on eternal things. And he says, because there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? For when one says, I am of Paul and I am of Apollos, are you not yet mere people, mere men? I have uh, fight my ego because I'll have people come up to me and said, uh, Pastor John, you're my favorite preacher. I wish you could preach every Sunday. And I say, oh, Lord, save me from that. I don't want to preach every Sunday. And uh, Beth will have people come up to her and say, you're my favorite preacher. Could we get rid of John? (laughs) And she says, oh, Lord, save me from that. I don't want to do that either. But if, if you have a favorite preacher, you're fleshly because you're not focused on the Word of God. You should rejoice when you hear the Word of God whenever you hear it and whenever it's declared and whenever it's really delivered. Paul mentions Apollos and Paul. If, if you are got a favorite preacher, you're no different than what Paul was dealing with in Corinth. He said, there were some of you who are of Apollos and some of you are for me. They had two preachers too. And Apollos, according to history, was this guy who worked out at the gym, very muscular, Greek build. He had blonde, long hair, beautiful face. And when he spoke, everyone fell in love with him. You know, the ladies really liked him. He was really great. When Paul came, history tells us he was this short, bald, Jewish guy. And no one really liked listening to him. They liked his books. They liked to read him. But when he shows up... Gee, I was expecting something, and who's this? And when they compared the two, the intellectuals really wanted Paul. And the people who really liked to show liked to Paulus. And today, we only know about Paulus when Paul writes about him. He's completely forgotten otherwise. Paul we know everything about because his writings survived and found themselves into the Word of God. And then Paul says right in here, it's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos, you or me or anyone else. it's about God's Word being declared and how important that is. Now I've been get, I've been uh, raised in a pastor's house. my father was a preacher and I've been a preacher and I've been around church my whole life. I know what happens after church and how you go over the sermons and of course after this message and when you sit down to a meal you're going to say how wonderful I am, right? And how brilliant it was and how much I enjoyed that. But we also had roasted pastor for lunch on Sundays. We roast him. and Oh, I don't like that. And he's wrong in that doctrine. And we pick it apart. You know, that's of the flesh. We're not focused on God's word and what was declared. And the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christian struggles with this new spiritual nature within us because it is so different from our basic nature within the flesh, that we lose our focus that's on the word of God. A spiritual will rejoice when they hear the God's word. If you want Beth to preach every Sunday because she's more appealing, then you're not seeking God. If you stay home to watch your favorite preacher on television because he holds your attention better than I do, and tells you what you want to hear, you're not listening for God. If you think you could do a better job than the people who get up here and speak and you just can't wait to get behind this plexiglass podium and really tell us the way it is, you're not interested in hearing from God. The only thing that matters is the Word of God and the spiritual lordship of Jesus Christ over our lives. Amen? Amen? Let all those who are spiritually say so and believe that with all their heart consider what Paul goes on to say about these two preachers, Apollos and Paul. He says, what then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants whom you believed, and uh, as the Lord gave opportunity to each one, I planted and Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor, for we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field and God's building. Our congregation is growing. I don't know if you've noticed this. I can see all the way to the back row and it's full. I always know a congregation is growing when the front row is uh, just barely empty and there is always room. And as we grow, we are very excited about what God is doing. Last week we revealed plans and we prayed about this morning about developing God's property at MSCC, expanding and building and doing many things people are very excited we have felt the pressure to make some room for our children in Sunday school which is packed out right now and we want more worshipers in our sanctuary and we feel like we are growing when we look through our fleshly eyes and say boy aren't we really growing right that's what we think I'm going to tell you the harsh reality not really I've uh, been a church growth guy. I, I was working on my doctorate in church growth till I decided to give it up and realize the sin of what I was doing. And then uh, I realized how fleshly it was and how not spiritual it was. And part of uh, coming to that realization was doing studies on how congregations were growing. And uh, I would go to congregations that were really busting out walls of five, 10,000 people, And we would say, what's the secret? What did you do? How did you grow? And we want to learn what it is, so we do that. I'm going to tell you a terrible truth. A terrible truth. Most growing congregations are growing because of transfer growth. That means other Christians are out church shopping, and they find your church, and they say, I like it here. I'm joining up. We call that transfer growth, too, or the circulation of the saints. (laughs) Just keep moving through pumping through the body and there's an expression in church growth we say that the only thing you have to do to be a growing congregation is to be the least worst option in town <laughs> the least worst option and then you'll start gathering until there's a better option and then the saints will circulate off to the better option and then you'll get this circulating of the saints but what we discovered and this is a terrible truth churches weren't growing because people were getting saved and coming to Jesus Christ. It wasn't because there was a large number of people who weren't Christians, were becoming Christians. That's what the Bible calls growth. The circulating of the saints is not growth. I've uh, shared freely about my weight loss program. I have a theory about that. When one person loses weight, another person finds it. (laughs) Sort of the circulating of the weight, you agree? I'm sorry for whoever's picking up mine. Uh, Sorry for that. Doesn't it feel that way sometimes? It's my turn. I get to lose some. I'm just hoping some baby is picking it up and getting healthier. But that's kind of what we do in the body of Christ. We circulate and we go through and, we've, and it's because we're very fleshly and we're not really focused on what really matters. We could build a larger facility here and grow our Sunday school. But I'm going to tell you, what I'm really looking for isn't numbers. I'm looking for people to come to Jesus Christ for the very first time. To see their lives changed. To see them build on something that will last forever. Not a temporary experience. Amen? That's what I want. And I know it won't be because of the building. It won't be because of the amazing preacher you have before you today or Paul or Apollos. It will be because of God who gives the growth. You could do a lot of things to accumulate more people to be here in church. One of my favorite uh, methodologies of putting more people in church is we used to have a thing called a hymnal. Does anybody know what a hymnal is? So it actually happened once where a minister announced to the community that they were putting $20 bills in the hymnals. And if you come on that Sunday and you open up your hymnal and there's a 20, you get to keep it. Pack the church out. (laughs) Church growth, eh? Want a larger congregation? Put a $100 bill in there. You'll get a large return. That's all flesh. What really matters is coming to jesus christ if you never remember our name or do anything else we would want you to know jesus christ It is the only foundation the only real lasting reality that will survive every test that is coming your way we have other foundations that we think are just as good as jesus christ but all these foundations that are laid will fail some lay foundations of good works Some lay foundations of positive attitude, some lay the foundation of self-discipline, but I'm telling you none of these are from Jesus Christ. They are the works of the flesh and we call that being religious. These foundations crack and those who build on them live in denial and they are failing. Faith in Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the rock on which you can build that will outlast even the mountains behind me. It will outlast all things. Christ shall never fade from my life. Christ will take me even beyond the grave. Religion and moral code, you know what they are? They're just inspectors, building inspectors, aren't they? That's what morals and religious codes are. They go into your building and you say, well, this isn't up to grade. You're going to have to change this. There's a crack right there. What were you thinking when you built that? You're going to have to move the whole foundation now. Religion and moral codes tell you what you're doing wrong. Well, guess what? You already know, right? What you need is a builder who begins to build something eternal, and that is Jesus Christ. For he is the one who gives us us growth in our own lives. So let's say you accept that. Let's say you have repented of your sins and you're building on a new nature placed within you by Jesus Christ. The very nature of God, great. But we still have a problem because we no longer just have one nature anymore, the fleshly nature, Now we have two natures. You are now, when you become born again, a schizophrenic. (laughs) Right? You have a spiritual nature now. And the old fleshly nature is still there. Any Christians believe that? Have you experienced that? So you were single-minded before you became a Christian. When you become a Christian, now you're two-minded. And this battle begins in our life. The old fleshly nature and the spiritual nature in Jesus Christ. And before, you didn't have a choice. You just did what the body demanded. After you become a Christian, now you've got a choice. And what a difficult choice that is every day of your life, right? Now we have a daily choice of following Jesus Christ or turning away to follow the demands of our fleshly nature. When we get this new foundation in Jesus Christ, we start to build on that. And we build, and and that foundation is solid. Jesus Christ is a great foundation. It will never crack and never pass away. And we start building on that. But we don't always build well on Jesus Christ and that foundation, right? Sometimes we falter. We're prone to using the same materials we used to build our life before we became a Christian's. So, well, now that I'm a Christian, I know I'm going to make lots of money and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then we find it all start not pulling together and working very well. In the past, we've used money and education, our feelings and our own self-interest to build our lives. And these are temporary fleshly things that will not last. They are not eternal things. It doesn't change the foundation you're building on, but it will crumble beneath you but even though the foundation will stand, we need to build on something that will last forever. In verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we pick it up, and he says, According to the grace of God which was given to me, likewise, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds. On it, how you build on Jesus Christ. For no man can lay uh, which is laid which is Jesus Christ. Nor if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's works will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains after this fire, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Now, a lot of people wonder, what is that all about? Jesus Christ is the foundation on which we build. We're born, saved again, come into the family of God through that. You can be cleansed of your sin. You'll be given a foundation, the very character of God within you, and you can start building on that. You've got that. It doesn't matter what you do. You will always have that foundation in your life to build, something to fall on. But when you start building with temporary things, Start building with wood, hay, and straw instead of gold and silver and precious stones. What you build will be tested. And some of us are building in fleshly ways, and that will be tested by fire. You will be tested in this life. Like I said, just go on to Facebook and post your Christian worldview. You will be tested. Go to your family gatherings and share your faith with those who don't believe likewise, and you will be tested. Just stand up in any public forum and declare the Lord and you will be tested. But the Lord also tests. Do you face any difficulties in your life or are you all very comfortable now? Everything's nailed down. Got all your bills paid and all the kids are good and righteous and do everything you tell them to do. You live in a country where there's nothing but wise people leading this country. Your taxes are well spent, and there's money in the bank all the way around. But if you're like me, that's not the reality. Is there a test coming at you almost every day? And some of the greatest tests aren't on the outside of you. Some of your greatest tests are on the inside of you. It's in your brain and voices in your head. I'm going to be a little prophetic right now. I'm going to tell you what's in your head. I can read your brain. There are voices that says that uh, you'll never amount to anything. You're going to fail. You always mess up. I don't, a voice that says, I don't know why you even bother anymore. You should just give up. You're so annoying. You're bothering people. Nobody wants to listen to you. No one cares. No one loves you. No one really thinks you're important. That's what we all hear. Did you know that? There's a dirty little secret. Every person in this room hears that voice. That's how I can read your brains. Because what is common to you is common to every human being that ever walked the face of the earth and has been since the Garden of Eden. It's always been true. And these are things that test you and try you and discourage you and beat you up on your faith. But if you would build on Jesus Christ, not with straw, not with wood, Not with uh, temporary things, but things that last. And what are they? Well, later on, we're going to get into it more thoroughly. But if you skipped ahead to 1 Corinthians 13, you will see the three building blocks of gold, silver, and precious stones. They are this. And it says in 1 Corinthians these three things last. Faith, hope, and do you know what the last is? Love. And love is the greatest of these. But it isn't my faith, it isn't your hope, it isn't the, our shared love. It is the hope and the love and the faith of God within us. And these will never pass away. Nothing can destroy them. They can survive any test and any trial that is thrown your way. The question is, what are you building with, Christian, on this foundation of Jesus Christ? Do your efforts keep failing? Do you ever wonder why God doesn't bless your work and your efforts more? Temporary things can't build eternal homes. Have you ever heard the expression, you can't take it with you? It's not true. If it's a temporary thing, you can't take it with you. But it says in this, that if it's an eternal thing you're building with, you take it with you you will take it with you into glory. If you have the love of God, if you have the hope of God and the faith of God, and you're building with that, it all goes with you. It will survive the test. And there is a great test coming. But not everyone will survive that test. As this passage says, some will make it, yet as one who just came through the fire. When I get to glory and I arrive with other believers and stand in the presence of Jesus, some of us are going to have the smell of smoke on us. That's how close it was. As one who just passed through the fire. Because all they had was the one foundation, which was Jesus Christ. Everything else they built burnt. Everything else did. i got to tell you, the degrees that I have are not going to survive. All the education and the quotes I can make of famous people, I don't think that will survive the fire. But loving my grandchildren, loving my wife, sharing my faith with my kids and encouraging them to hold true to Christ, these will last. The fellowship we have together as brethren These will last. The people I tell about Jesus Christ and are saved and come into the kingdom, these I will have in heaven. These I take with me and cannot be taken from me ever. What are we building with when we build on Christ? It says in verse 16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You. When you're a Christian, the Spirit of God dwells in you. If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you think that he is wise of this age, he must become foolish, so that he might become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. It is written, he is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasoning of the wise, and they are useless. So then let no one boast in men, for all things belong to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life turn the page or death or things present or things to come all things belong to you and you belong to christ and christ belongs to god when you become a spiritual person grounded in the faith of jesus christ you don't seek to gain something because all things belong to you there's nothing yet to be gained it's all yours You want others to come into the riches and the lasting joy of knowing Christ and building with the eternal qualities, God's nature within you. You want others to know that when you become a spiritual person. When you become a spiritual person through being born again, you don't want people to notice how good you are. That isn't your focus. Or give you praise for what you're doing. You don't need to worry about being accepted or recognized because you will know that you belong to Christ and to God and you're being embraced by Jesus Christ and you know that God is your loving Father so you don't worry about whether someone else likes you or don't. When you become a spiritual person, you'll fall into the habit of praise. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You give thanksgiving and amazed by the grace of God in your life every time you turn around. You just I just can't believe how good God is. I woke up the other morning to go to men's breakfast. Had to get here early. Guys were here already, and then the sun started coming up. Oh my goodness, the orange in the sky and the beauty of it. And I was amazed by the grace of God. When you become an old uh, spiritual person the old nature begins to fade. It doesn't just go away, it it fades. As it must because it cannot last. The new nature is revealed and grows more and more evident within your life. It just grows. Remember the pastor says and God gives the growth. His nature will be made manifest within you. One day, one day soon, you will stand before the Lord pure, holy, and righteous. And the foolishness of this world will be burned away. Wouldn't that be great? To know it's God. A day of testing is coming. And that day is greater than the ones you have known up to this point. What is your foundation? What are you building your new life with? Are you ready for the great and terrible day of the Lord when he returns with his glory and with all his angels? It is a great and terrible day because it is the great day of our redemption of my final hope becoming sight and I'm finally realizing what I have believed by faith. It'll be a terrible day because there will be so many who are not ready and when the fire of testing comes, what they have will be gone. If you are not ready, then it's time to get ready, to lay a foundation, and to begin to build with eternal things, and let God give the growth. Would you stand with me? I want to pray together. Jesus, from the day and from the moment we walk through the doors of this fellowship, we have sensed you here. We have felt your presence in our brothers and sisters about us. We have felt you in our worship, in our praise, in our thanksgiving. We have heard you through your word, and we have been challenged by your spirit. And Lord, it isn't about any one person here, but it is about all of us here today. That are now focused on you eternally. And Lord, on Monday we'll vote for parties, but today we vote for a king to be a Lord of our lives. And we would build, Lord, not wait for a committee or construction cranes or cement trucks, but today, Lord, we would build today on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ. And if there is anyone here, Lord, today that doesn't know what that is, All they have is the building inspector and the moral codes and the religion. Lord, all they know is that they're not measuring up. I pray that today that they would find their way to the front and say, Pastor John, could you tell me how to get Christ into my life? I pray, oh God, that many would come to you and begin to lay that foundation because, Lord, that's what really matters to us. This is the eternal thing. This is the growth we really want in their lives and in our fellowship. It is the most important thing. And those, Lord, of us who are building on you, who have found you and know you, I pray that we would begin to build with eternal things, with the faith, hope, and love of God that will never pass away, that will survive all ages, and on the word of God that is eternal. And even if the mountains were to fall down, the word of God still lasts. It will always be here, Long after Pastor John is dead and long after Beth is gone, long after our names are forgotten, the word of God will go on and be proclaimed. Oh God, let us build like we've never built before and build well in your kingdom so that we might know your growth that fades away the old man. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. God bless you all. And if you want to uh, meet with me or talk with me about this, I'll be up front and uh, come and join me. I'd love to talk with you more. Thank you so much. You'll find a warm, relaxed atmosphere at MCC. We love worship and music here. We are a Christ-centered church with all kinds of opportunities to reach out to the communities both locally and abroad, and for all ages. Our Sunday service starts at 10.30 a.m. and runs till noonish. Coffee and snacks are served, Children's Church and Child Care are available.